We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Good evening to all you Broncos fans out there ready for Mile High Insiders. But, of course, it's not Mile High Insiders totally because... Luke's out, but my co-host from uh, Orange and Blue View on Saturday, Ron White, is here. So we're still going to have a great show. How you doing, Ron? Welcome to Mile High Insiders. I'm doing well, Thomas. Thank you for having me on this Wednesday. I'm looking forward to talking with all of you Broncos fans. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. We've got a lot of trade rumors fl- mm-hmm. just flying around uh, today. Talking about Jerry Judy, even people are making up some inc- uh, ridiculous <laughs> pretend offers that they would send for Patrick Sertan the uh, second. It's it's quite interesting to say the least with all this these rumors going around. But you know the Broncos are probably going to uh, field calls about several players. Whether they trade them or not is a different story. Obviously, I mean. Uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons uh, out there why a trade wouldn't go through. So we'll see what it is, but we'll get into all that. We're going to talk about several of the players who were mentioned today, especially Patrick Sertan, the second, and uh, we'll go from there and we'll listen to your comments. Anybody coming in, uh, jump in there and let us know what you think. And we'll go from there. Ron, how you been, man, since the week meet and greet? We uh, just got back. It's been, it was fast and furious over the weekend and uh, back at it. How, what? How are you doing since then? I'm doing well. And it was great to see our community show up at the meet and greet. It was lovely talking to many of you guys. Um, it, it was a good time. Um, it was nice and buzzing. And, you know, the Broncos got the victory as well. So we're, we're still okay. undefeated when it comes to these meet and greets. So it's it's a beautiful thing. But, yeah. Thank you guys for showing up. It was great to meet each and every one of you. I had a blast. 
Yeah, it was a great time. It was a great time, and I, I'm actually now six and zero in regular season games when I go to uh, when I go live uh, watch the Broncos. So they should start paying paying me to go to the games. Maybe they can start <laughs> winning. I don't know. It was a good luck charm or something. But it dates all the way back to 1998 in when I watched the uh, Broncos play in the Kingdome way back when. So mm. started back then, and uh, it's still holding strong. So hopefully that streak continues. But yeah, it was great. It was a great time at the meet and greet. A lot of fun. A lot of people there. I uh, met a lot of people that I hadn't met before that I've talked to in the chat. So it was really good. It was a lot of fun. But anyway, enough about the meet and greet, I guess. Let's get into this. Your thoughts on uh, Patrick Sertan getting traded, Ron? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I would say I'm, I'm not a fan of it. I don't want it to happen personally. But I do see... A reason why it could happen um because you know well at first the conversations shouldn't start you know with anything other than a few first round picks that we're talking about <laughs> in order for a team to acquire Patrick Sertan you know he is of that caliber of a player um so I can see definitely that the conversations would be had possibly to see what other teams are wanting um for his services um, but, you know, I guess me being more of the Bronco fan that I am, I, I, I just don't want him to go just because that's also another side, Thomas, that you'd have to worry about. You know, we, we do have Patrick Sertana as the number one corner on this team. And, you know, trading him would open up another glaring hole that you'll have to fill, you know, at some time in the offseason. So, you know, I, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I guess I can understand why the Broncos would maybe even start to feel calls. And even if it comes to fruition, I can see why as well. Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, it, it's, it's the one tradable piece that you, that the Broncos have that could net a, a draft haul. It really is. Yeah. And that's why people are saying it, but it's funny. Cause I uh, was on Twitter today. There was a Dallas Cowboys fan that was tweeting it at uh, Jerry Jones saying, you, it would take you, I mean, you might not even get a, a player like that in five draft first round draft choices. So go trade for him. I'm like, well, that's the reason why you wouldn't want to trade Pat Sertan, right? I mean, if it's so hard to find an impact player and future, maybe a future Hall of Famer, the way he's playing, you don't trade him away at this age. If he was 32, okay, get, you know, maybe you do, but he's your young piece that you build around. So it's, um, it's pretty hard for me to see them trading them. And I, I went into, uh, I built the draft uh, trade calculator uh, based on you know a full decade of drafts. And if you if you were to trade three first round draft choices for Pat Sertan, you already know he's an impact player. You have less than a fifty percent chance of getting another impact player in the draft, and even uh, less than a you know it's like point zero three of getting two out of three first round draft choices. You get starters. But that's not what this team needs. This team needs impact players. So if you're going to get rid of your young core best player on the team for three first round draft choice, you better be very, very lucky in that draft to hit on uh, some players. So I just I don't see it happening. I'm sure they're going to take calls, but I just I have a hard time seeing them. I mean, that's your rebuild. That's a piece that you rebuild with. Right. Mm -hmm. You're you the. You, you really have other pieces that you need to get rid of in order to rebuild. But he really isn't one of them. But again, you know, that's the that's your big key piece. So I can understand why people are talking about it. But I just don't they'd have to. I don't even know. I don't, I, I don't even know if I would go with three first round draft choices. I don't think anyone would give more than that. So 
I don't know why we're really, uh, you know, even considering at this point. But going to shout out to Michael Ronquillo coming in saying good evening, Thomas and Ron on the Mile High Insiders. Go Broncos. Thank you for being here, Michael. Michael. Really appreciate it. As always, we appreciate your support and appreciate your comments uh, while we uh, we discuss our Broncos, whether they win or lose. So thank you very much. And also Phil McLaughlin coming in with some support from Facebook star saying good evening, Thomas and Ron. Hard to lose Sertan or Judy or Simmons, etc. But picks are critical to rebuilding. And then hashtag Buckham, hashtag Go Broncos. Now, Phil, I'll just I'll say this: some of these players, yeah, I would as a fan or something, or and even even as someone that's hoping that you know you do uh, somehow find a way to win and and have you know have a have a good season after starting one and five, now two and five. Um, you don't want to see these players gone, but from a, a, a rebuild perspective, if the, t- if the Broncos really think that they're going to start rebuilding and, and there's a lot of people out there saying that they should, but if they truly believe in it, there's a couple things that you have to think about, right? If you're going to trade somebody, is that player in the team's future, right? Do you think after 2024 season, is that player going to still be on the Broncos? Um, so you got to consider that. And then you have to also consider, will the contract players contract be, prohibitive to rebuilding and if you trade them will that relieve that burden so to speak so you've got those two questions to ask and then you know i always like to say is the player's contract not uh you know is it disproportionate to his production so to speak so if you can kind of think about those three questions when you're looking at players and then you know if that trade will you know answer those three questions or a couple of those questions uh, and we'll get value based on those then you got to consider it and so when you think about Sertan, I, I don't, I don't, I don't consider it, but you think about someone like Justin Simmons, right? I don't think he's in the team's plans after 2024. He's uh, what he's 31. Now uh, a safety's um, peak is, you, you know, our defensive backs peak is around 25, 26 and they start to fall off at 28, 29. You know, he's already past that peak and he's on his. So to consider trading, Simmons, that's a, you know, that's, that's a piece you would really consider because it's not going to be around. So you try and get something for him. Now, the big question is what, what do you get for Simmons? Yes. What do you, I mean, what's, what do you think someone's going to offer for him, Ron? That's the big question. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and thank you, Phil, for coming in for that comment. You know, we appreciate you, my man. And perfectly said, Thomas, just from a high level, I want to just, uh, Scott, can you flash that comment back up? I want to look at each of these three players, Phil, that you called out. Um, so Sertan, we we know that Sertan is in the future for these Denver Broncos. Yeah. So we don't want to touch him again. I can see them maybe fielding some calls just to kind of see what you know what teams are asking, things like that. I can definitely see Sertan kind of you know fielding those calls. So, but you don't want to lose him at all. What has Judy done? I'm looking at this season in particular that we can say that he's in this team's future plans. I would say, you know, the past seasons he's been great, but this season he's kind of taken a a downturn. Sutton has outperformed Judy. So, and not only with that, you have the character concerns as well with Judy and it's just not a good look for the Denver Broncos. So I can see them moving on for Judy, depending on what that compensation looks like. Obviously, he was a first-round pick, maybe looking at something like a second or a third. Um, and then Simmons. You know, it's it's going to be hard to move away from Simmons, but it's understandable, right? He's, he's getting older. All he's known is losing. <laughs> you know, he's getting to a point where, you know, in the next few years, retirement is probably going to be knocking on the door, and he wants to get to a contender. Granted, he still has great years in him left to play. Um, so when you look at that, Phil, it's, you know, you kind of have to look at it player by player. And the only one worth keeping around is Sertan. Now, Thomas, you know, it does depend on what they get back for these picks, because we just saw <laughs> that the Eagles got Kevin Byard. And that was what, a fifth and a sixth round pick? They didn't get a whole lot. They didn't get a whole lot at all. So Tennessee didn't get a whole lot back. So you have to think about the compensation in return for if you trade Simmons. You know, is, is it is is the juice worth the squeeze? That that's that's the main thing. I guess my my question for that would be 
if you are going to get something for Simmons and you are going to go rebuild, why not take what you can get, so to speak? I mean, obviously you're not going to – a seventh rounder, it's probably worth having around. But people – there's going to be uh, front offs that will trade for Simmons because for his level of play uh, or his expected level of play, his contract isn't too huge. You know, it's, you're not taking on this massive contract. I mean, 2024, I think his cap hits like $14 million for – you know, that's, that's quite a ways down the, you know, the cap hits for a lot of the safeties that are above him. So I think, you know, I think they're willing to, to give something, but if you base it off of what the Eagles gave up, you're probably not going to get a huge haul for him. But again, like I said, if you're, if you're going to rebuild, you need to clear up cap space, number one, and you need to get some draft picks so that you can get younger. (coughs) Excuse me. So that that accomplishes both, right? You're going to clear up, you know, 14 million next year uh, of cap space. I think is what it is. I don't don't quote me on the numbers. I'm just kind of going off of memory. And you're going to probably get a, a draft choice for him. So that that's what you have to consider on on Simmons, even if it does seem like from the outside looking in, and you see that Simmons goes for like a fifth rounder or something. People are going to probably be upset, but at the same time. He's not a he's not the face of the franchise. He's not like trading away Von Miller for a second and a third, right? He's he's not a probably not a future Hall of Famer at this point. <clears throat> so, you know, maybe maybe it'll look bad by taking less, but you're still gonna accomplish a few things that you need to do in your rebuild. That's that's my thoughts. Phil's coming back in with a follow-up question. Thank you, Phil. Thank he you. says, as a follow-up, who would you guys see leaving whose contracts are getting restructured? Well, that's a that's a good question because there are several players I think on the team that haven't out after the season that they can cut and not uh, take a big cap hit, so to speak. Um, I mean, obviously the big the big one is what are you going to do with Russell Wilson? I mean, that's that's the big one, right? What are you going to do with Russell Wilson's contract? If you talk about that second question that I had, what is their cap? Uh, is their salary prohibitive to rebuilding? Yes, is yeah. is definitely rebuild. But I don't know how you you would you're you're going to take the cap hit one way or the other. If he's not in the future, they're probably going to try and salvage it. But from my perspective, you do it sooner rather than later. If that's the case, you do it as soon as you can. Take that hit and try and move on. Um, I think Garrett Bowles. If you're not trading Garrett Bowles, I think he's got. Man, I can't. Uh, I, I should look this up. Uh, I think he has um, an out after this season, but I'm not 100% positive on that. Uh, So you've got a few that you can you can look at. But then again, there's also some players that you gave money to who are also like I think DJ Jones is is up for a uh, I mean, his contract's up soon. Josie Jewell is definitely his contracts over this year. So you have some players that you're going to be able to get out of the contracts of pretty, pretty uh, easily coming up. But I don't know who's going to get restructured. Uh, the, when I consider Bowles, I mean, he, this that's uh, another one who has is playing re- pretty well. I mean, he struggled at first, but he's playing pretty well. But he's also 31. And you consider, I mean, there there are some offensive tackles, some offensive linemen that that uh, are really good that still maintain a high level of play into their, you know, mid-30s. But uh, Bowles isn't one that strikes me that, you know, he's that good that he's going to maintain that level of play. So you probably don't restructure him. You probably go ahead and say, yeah, well, we're going to see if we can get something for you. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you on bowls. I mean, some other names 
Portland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Simmons. I, I don't see those guys playing on their current deals next year. So I, I can see some restructures there. Um, leaving uh, maybe a Josie Jewel or someone, maybe, you know, after this year, we, we'll see that that uh, that one may be a little bit far fetched just because, you know, this past game, we, we saw Josie Jewel kind of have that impact. And I don't know what the plan is or the team's plan for Drew Sanders because, you know, they draft him. I thought they would play him more. He's been very limited on the field. So, um, but yeah, I can definitely see Sutton, Patrick, Bowles, Simmons looking at a restructure. And that's the that's the question I have about whether or not Sean Payton is in on a rebuild because he's not playing any of the younger guys. If you if you wanted to get a gauge at this point of some of the younger guys and who you should trade, so if you wanted to know what JL Skinner had to offer on the field on game day so that you could say, oh, yeah, let's get rid of Simmons. Why wouldn't you be having him on the field at all, right? He's not playing Drew Sanders. Mims isn't getting a lot of playing time. Some of these younger guys aren't getting the playing time. Riley Moss. So it just makes me think, are they really are they really sellers at the deadline? I mean, I don't know if they are based on what they're what what they've been doing up until this point, right? I don't know. So it's interesting. <laughs> I, it's a it's a tough read. What I've got. I mean, you think they would be playing some of those younger guys, but maybe they are just going to wait till the last minute, see where they're at, trade some players, bring the young guys in. I don't know. Naj, thank you for the support. Appreciate it coming with a super chat. Uh, we, you know, Ron and I really appreciate that. Thank so thank you so much. And I was just saying, hey, brothers, great meeting you, brothers, this past weekend. Fantastic win. I don't see Peyton trading anyone unless the value makes sense. When we beat the Chiefs this weekend, how does this trade talk change? It was great meeting you too, Naj. Thank you so much for all of your support and being here all the time. We really appreciate it. Now, I, I actually was talking uh, with my wife about this this uh, past week, and I said, if the Broncos beat the Chiefs, um, I'm kind of on board with them having an okay season the rest of the way. If they somehow can win the next two games, then I'm I'm all, I think they got it. They're going to make a run. But if they lose to the Chiefs, they better be sellers. If if they can't win versus the Chiefs, that that's your barometer, right? If you can beat the yeah. Chiefs, you know, get a win at home against the team that's beaten you 16 in a row. Then maybe you, you it does change in my perspective a little bit. Maybe you're not as big as sellers, but you still need the problem is you still need to be some somewhat of a seller because you have to get cap relief space. The Broncos, I think, are negative 20 million next year, if I remember correctly, in salary cap already. I mean, that's what the projected without any moves. So you you've got to get some space. And then the other thing that's been really ailing this team is they've traded away so many picks to try and fix it all. Right. They tried mm -hmm. to fix the quarterback position. They try to fix the, fix the coach and it's not paid dividends at this point. So I think, I, I think you've got to make some sort of moves, even if they do beat the chiefs. Hey gang, make little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. You know how it is watching the Broncos. To say the least, you work up a bit of an appetite. But you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs. Plus, all day Sunday. And get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you 
win. Personally, I'm a big fan of Little Caesars plain cheese pizza, but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thank you, Naj, for coming in with your super chat. And it was great to meet you as well. Uh, I, I would say, yeah, if the Broncos beat the Chiefs, the, expect the trade talks to just simmer a bit. I, I still think they need to, to Scott's point, I still think they need to look into being sellers. Um, selling maybe not as many players as once anticipated at the trade deadline. Um, but these big names, you know, like Simmons, um, possibly even Judy, expect them to stay with Denver. Um, I would even say, Thomas, if, if they beat the Chiefs, right, they might go on a little mini run and possibly be a buyer or two. <laughs> you know, can, can we, you know, possibly. You know, we, we, we'll see. I, we we, we kind of have to see how this, this weekend shakes out. Obviously. Yeah. Let's not get but, ahead of ourselves. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We definitely did get this uh, – <laughs> You know this this Chiefs victory first, but but yeah, I, I would say Naj um, definitely look at that the trade talks for the big name just cooling. But I, I would say that they would still need to sell off um, a few players. Yeah. Okay, Gary Palmer coming in with some support. Thank you so much, Gary. Uh, wish we could have met you at the meet and greet again this year. I know things uh, happen; you can't come up there, but uh, you were there in spirit, hopefully, and uh, uh, we really appreciate all, you on these podcast for sure and gary comes in saying good evening thomas and ron i don't think there will be much action but i am a supporter of george payton so you never know go broncos gary you may be very you may be right they may just not be getting a a good enough offer or they think that they're uh you know fine how they are i don't know what they're thinking i think that there's really only about five real players that have any that are really on the block so to speak that people would call about that you know they're not going to hang the phone up on when they do it so and then you got to take you then you got to consider of those five really how who's going to offer what and you know you could be right it may be it may be one player when it's all said and done that even gets traded or none who knows that depending on depending on what sean payton's i guess uh optimism is for the rest of the season with um you know, with the uh, how it goes against the Chiefs on Sunday, I guess. Yeah, Gary, thank you for coming in. And that that's that's kind of what I've been thinking, because, you know, in my mind, if there's not been much action now, then I don't think there's going to be much action, you know, a week from today. You know, there's been rumors out there with Jerry Judy, the talks, you know, with the Colts. Seems like that's not going anywhere. Um, I know Justin Simmons' name was floated with the Eagles. Obviously, the Eagles now have Bayard. So it's, I just don't see much more action um, that's going to happen. Now, I'm with you as far as George Payton and his his draft prowess. Um, you know, I think that that's where a lot of 
you know, people support him. He's a very good scout when it comes to the draft. But, um, you know, we, we'll see what happens, uh, you know, at, at the deadline. Again, I don't I don't want to give my hopes up. I did have about three or four players being moved, <laughs> you know, as a prediction prior to the deadline. But I, I, I don't see that happening now. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah, and you got to consider too. I mean, look, look, their schedule isn't really conducive for a nice run. I mean, they've got some pretty, pretty tough uh, games left. Yeah, Still do. got a lot of AFC West games, which can go either way. Got to go to Buffalo. Uh, Minnesota's looking a little tougher than uh, yeah. they had been. You know, uh, Houston looked like it was going mm-hmm. to be a a win checked off in before the season started. They they actually look pretty tough. You got Detroit it's not an easy schedule coming up. So even if they do beat the chiefs, you got to consider that it's going to be pretty tough for them to make any real noise down the stretch. David McElroth's coming in with some support. Thank you so much, David. Great meeting you at the meet and greet. Uh, thank you for being there. It was awesome. He's saying, good evening, Broncos country, Tom, Ron, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. It was great to meet you both. Thanks for everything. Mile high huddle for life. Buckham times three in Denver Bronx for life. Thank you, David. Appreciate you being here tonight. And again, great meeting you. Thank you, David. It was awesome to meet you, my man. <laughs> Thank you for coming out. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we got Casey Nickel coming in uh, for for uh, with a super chat saying, whoa, great to see you both on Wednesday. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Luke's got uh, prior engagements. So, uh, Ron, uh, we're doing... Uh, we're doing Mile High Insiders, but it's the Mile high, it's the Origin Blue View crew. So thanks for for the support, Casey. Really appreciate it. Troy Boer coming in with a generous super chat. Thank you very very much. Saying hey guys, great to be- meet you both on Sunday. It was nice to meet you. Uh, any chance we could trade Sutton for Chase Young? Have a great show, uh, Ron. What are your thoughts on that? I, I've got some thoughts on that right out of the gate. But uh, what do you think? Thank you, Troy, for coming in. It was great to meet you as well, sir. Um, as far as your question is concerned, I, I, I don't see it. I, I, I just don't see it. Just because, again, what, what Cortland Sutton has shown this season thus far, you know, he's, well, I think he's at five touchdowns, I believe. So, I mean, he's, he's very productive this year, you know, kind of looking like, that 2019 Pro Bowl year, something similar to that. So, and we've seen how Peyton has used him in this offense. So with that, and then with Chase Young, Chase Young is so injury prone. So I I get the the need for Chase Young help, you know, on that defensive front at edge, but I, I just don't see the 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 value when you trade Cortland Sutton. I, I feel as though if we were to get another edge we can maybe look elsewhere possibly look obviously we're gonna need in the draft so i, I just don't see the, the value in return for treating a pro bowl wide receiver like Cortland sutton yeah and then uh, on top of you get to pay chase young right away right he's a free agent coming up yep. so then you're you're kind of trading for something that you may not you're gonna have to pay and who knows if you so i, I don't know you'd be getting rid of sutton but you're not gonna get cap relief so to speak if you go to if you really want to keep chase young around so it kind of i mean i get the i get the the question for sure i mean chase young's really kind of underperformed so to speak injuries and whatnot in washington so maybe you can work out some sort of deal but here's the thing with sutton for me sutton is definitely someone you'll you would pick up the phone and and listen to trade talks he's not uh, one of those wide receivers who's so great that he's out of the question but 
from my perspective, he's playing quite well. Mm-hmm. His, I know he, his salary is a little high for his production, so to speak, but as, as you go along for a couple more years, that's not going to be too prohibitive. And, you know, if you, if you get a true number one and you have, uh, you know, like a really, really good dynamic wide receiver, like Mims, you know, in his sophomore year, Sutton is a good compliment to that. Right. So yeah. I, I'm not, I thought for sure that they would trade Sutton, but I'm not so sure they, they really will unless they get a pretty good deal now. And it really has to do with the fact that uh, wide receivers, they have a peak, but they don't have this major drop off for a, a few more years into their thirties. Right. And uh, so if Sutton can continue to stay healthy and, you know, contribute the way he's contributing, uh, he might be a you know an okay piece for the next two years to to have as as a compliment to Mims or whoever that wide wide receiver one comes in. So I I don't know if I, I don't think that's an equitable trade. I think there's going to have to be something thrown in to get Chase Young or and Sutton between the two. So I don't know if that's a straight up deal. But I just I I, I kind of have a feeling that they want to keep Sutton around for a little bit longer. It just seems that way. They're they're uh, they seem to be kind of. Uh, highlighting him in the offense a little bit more, especially more than Judy. And uh, he's, he is producing, he's not dynamic. He's not doing, you know, he's not leading the league. I mean, I think he's like, you know, 17th in the league or something. That's not great, but for what the Broncos have, he's their best option. So yeah, it it, it, we'll see, but I just have this feeling he's not going anywhere. Yeah. And as Phil mentioned here, thank you Phil, for coming with this comment. This is right on. Young will be another Gregory, in my opinion. I, I agree. (laughs) You know, I, I just think, you know, the the availability factor he, he just won't be available you know to to make those impact plays of course when on the field they're great gregory and chase young it's just a matter of they they're not on the field so when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We got a a question, another question from Phil. Will Jackson be here end of the season? And will George be gone next year? And I'm assuming it's Kareem Jackson. Uh, You know, he's suspended for a couple days. He's gone at the end of the season anyway. Uh, He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He's going to be 36 years old. I doubt he's going to get re-signed. He might uh, hang him up. Uh, so before the end of the season, I don't see anybody trying to trade for him, really. I, you know, 
so yeah, he'll he he'll be gone by the at the end of the season. He'll be gone this offseason. He's not gonna be around. He may come back, you know, if they offer him a coaching position. I don't know. They seem to like his leadership, so he might be on the team. I don't know. That'd be uh good. Uh and then the second question is will George be gone next year or George Payton? That's a good question. Uh a lot of people have put a lot of opinions out there. I think the big thing is someone's gonna take a fall for uh, that huge Russell Wilson contract that didn't need to happen. And that's on him. So he may be the one that uh, takes the fall for that. So um, yeah, I, I, it's hard to say, but I, I think, I think someone's going to, someone's, someone's going to have to take the blame for that big mistake. I mean, if you, don't get me wrong. GMs make mistakes all the time. That was just a big one, a really big one. Yeah, thank you, Phil, for coming back in. And I, I agree, Thomas, on your first point on Kareem Jackson. Yeah, he's he's gonna be released. He's he's gone. I I just don't see, you know, what value other than his leadership. What he else can he provide for this team? You know, his reputation precedes him. You know, these, you know, egregious hits and such. He, yep, he he's gone. Um, for George Payton, that one's tough. I I, <laughs> I, I would say yeah, the, the Russell contract didn't help but also you have to think about some of these other contracts as well you know you know bringing in some of these other free agents um you know with Nathaniel Hackett as well that hiring I, I think there are a lot of not just the Russell Wilson contract but there are a lot of other moves that George Payton made that I, I don't see him keeping his job so I, I can definitely see them moving on from from him next year now we know that you know his draft acumen is is, is great his scouting is good um he has a knack for getting the talent but i just think some of the moves that he's made um while he's been the gm of the denver broncos have not been good and i think that's gonna kind of contribute to the downfall in his release and i'll play devil's advocate just a little bit because there's value i mean obviously the ownership had value has value for George Payton, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they sent him to do the negotiations and stuff uh, this off season. Um, so there, there is reasons to keep him right there. Are, I mean, there are reasons to keep him around, you know, he's a pretty good scout. Uh, you know, he's got an NFL acumen. It all depends, I guess, on uh, to me is, are they going to going to have someone, take the brunt of the big mistakes and that would be his mm -hmm. and or oh, and does sean payton and george payton work together right D does it seem like they work well together and can the future be better with them uh together or are they just going to say you know what we're going to bring somebody else in that we think works better with Sh with sean payton uh rather than george payton so uh my guess is he's gone i just because you know the season is not what they thought it was going to be and someone's going to have to uh pay the consequences and i think it's going to be him and uh we got eric smith's uh, talk in the chat here saying something about uh talk rust into restructuring right I, I i don't think they can i i think they're pretty much i mean maybe down the road they can try and restructure but uh you know it, that contract is is massive. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're, you got a base salary at what 50 million at 40 uh, at 39 years old or something like that. I, I don't know, man, I, you could try something, but then you're going to just prolong that 
probably going to have to uh, uh, bring, you know, even more of a cap hit, a dead cap hit if he doesn't play well, because you're going to have to turn some of it into bonuses. I'm not a cap guru. I'm sure it could happen. I'm sure that that what was the plan, but with how he's, he's not a superstar, you know, he's not on the level of uh, some of these other top quarterbacks. So do you want to prolong the inevitable when you're going to have to get rid of him? I don't know. It's uh, uh, the, the, the cap hit is going to be massive. If they don't want to hang on to Russ for the long haul, it's going to be a massive cap hit. They're going to have to just, bite it and yep. uh, bite it off and chew it and you know live with it and hope that you have a replacement for him in the wings uh from this draft if you can really i mean i it's so weird ron i don't know what they think of russell wilson right like what does sean payton yeah. think of russell wilson i mean he's not playing terrible he had a bad game but if you look at how he's playing he's you know he's playing fairly well he's missed reads everybody makes mistakes nobody's you know a great quarterback all the time but you know he's also is he in your future do you see him still quarterbacking this team three years from now and that's where i gotta go like but that contract is so detrimental to rebuild it just yes. it is <laughs> and it's no well said thomas you know eric i would say yeah i, I just don't see them talking i don't think russ is not gonna not gonna restructure um i definitely see your your logic though um but yeah that i think that's the that's the main question that i have thomas is it's hard for me to get an understanding and a beat on how peyton really feels about wilson and we know at the end of the day you know the coaches they're going to back up their players going to back up their quarterback but you know as far as the play is concerned it's that that still remains to be seen. You're right. Obviously, Russell is playing way better than he did last year. Um, but I think that's going to tell us and everyone kind of how they move forward with Russ, right? If they're just going to straight out release, eat that money, you know, try to start fresh. It, it, it remains to be seen. But yeah, I, I would tell you, Eric, a restructure isn't going to happen. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, for me, the last few games that has bothered me is they have not been that aggressive. Yeah. Right. On offense. And is that because John Payton all of a sudden doesn't because they were more aggressive earlier in the season. Now, all of a sudden, they got really, really conservative, especially in the red zone. Are, are they somehow saying uh, is Sean Payton somehow saying, oh, I don't trust Russell Wilson. I don't trust the offense or is it just they're not they're not calling aggressive play calls i don't know it really that's been interesting to me why have they not attacked in the red zone i don't remember them throwing many uh passes into the end zone the last couple of weeks when they were in the red zone why not attack why go super conservative to me that means uh you know or you're not going to be able to evaluate russell wilson you know what he really has to offer if you're going to play so conservative and right. maybe they just know that he's just doesn't have it anymore, which I, I don't see. I mean, I see mistakes, but I also see some, some good plays from him as well. And statistically he's, you know, he's back to where, you know, almost his average over in Seattle. So I just don't understand what's ha It's hard to get a read on what's really happening with this team and what their feelings are. Like we said before, they're not playing the young guys. They're not, I mean, they're not even activating JL Skinner, even when they had two safeties. That tells me that, you know, they're not evaluating the young guys, you know, mm -hmm. very well. 
maybe they're just relying on practice, but there's a difference between game and practice for a lot of players. They just show up better in games. So are, and then are they not really pressing the offense much because they just, they, they, they don't really trust Russell Wilson or is it just that they just don't have the right play calls? I don't know. It, it's an I'm hard to get a read on what Sean Payton actually thinks of this team right now. I mean, I don't listen to what he says because, you know, he'll <laughs> say whatever. But it, what is his real read on this team? Yeah, that's that's a good question because you you, you look at stretches, Thomas. I'm thinking of, and you're right, it's when Mims is on the field. I think to, to get to what you were saying, because Mims hasn't been on the field a lot lately. And I'm thinking of that Washington game where Mims was tremendous. Like we saw Russell in his element you know, throwing those deep balls and off of play action, right? And we don't we don't see that now. I mean, again, we do see plays every now and again. We saw the Cortland Sutton touchdown, obviously, this this past Sunday, but we we just don't see this offense opening up like we did in, you know, a few of those earlier games. So it does make you wonder, does Peyton not trust Wilson? You know, we're going to go back to the running game because we did see, you know, Javante McLaughlin go off this past game, yep. you know, which which was great. I'm glad the running game is working, guys. You know, I'm glad. But it, it does make you wonder just how they feel about Wilson. Maybe the faith isn't there anymore and they've already come up with a decision. It's just, you're right. It's really hard to kind of gauge you know, how this team is feeling right now based on like the play calling and, and how Russell is playing. I don't know. Well, yeah. And you gotta, there are improvements happening too, right? Well, like the offensive line has uh, outside of McGlinchey, McGlinchey's still not playing great. He's, yeah. you know, false starts. I've seen mm-hmm. some, mis- but the other others have really kind of Ben powers has gotten much better since early on Garrett Bowles as well. Lloyd Cushenberry, the my surprise player is one of the you know playing one out the best out of the offensive line almost miners is playing pretty good so you see the offensive line improving you see cut uh sutton is improving you know he's getting better i think the running backs are starting to get better obviously the defense started to get a little bit better i'm still you know i'm i'm not (laughs) i'm not like a vance joseph guy right now so don't read into that in any way but they are playing a little bit better so you know, there's improvements going on with that. So I, it's hard to get a read on it. Phil McLaughlin's coming back in and he's saying, I don't think Peyton has really evaluated enough players yet to trust some red zone calls. Hopefully that will improve next week. Well, I mean, if that's the case, man, what's taken him so long? I mean, good Lord. He had training camp. He had preseason. He's a, this is the, the seventh game. We just <laughs> saw them play the seventh game of the season. How, how is he, he either he's already evaluated him and he doesn't trust them or he has drug his feet on evaluation. I, I don't know, man, that, that, wow. I, I, that's a, if that's true, man, he's, he's really, um, I don't know. He's taking his sweet time, I guess. <laughs> maybe he was hoping for mi- a mid season, uh, bounce. I don't know, but yeah, maybe he just doesn't trust the players and it, for some reason. I don't know why, but I mean, Sutton is, uh, improved. Uh, Mims obviously is a dynamic wide receiver. Why aren't you, you know, trying to get him in the action? I mean, little Jordan Humphrey, not a dynamic player, but he's a big, 
you know, receiver tall mm-hmm. who can, you know, you can throw it up to and, and make something happen. Just like have some guts and go out there and just try it. I mean, you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you've got to see what they can do anyway. And if they can't do it, then that that's when you say, okay, these guys aren't the ones to do the job. We need to trade some people away and bring in some new fresh faces that can do the job. I guess that's where I'm at on that. Well said. I mean, you know, just we're, we're at two and five, you know, let, let's go out and evaluate these players. Again, get your deep threat memes on the field, open up the playbook a little more. Um, you know, you have the quarterback, you know, deep ball and Russell Wilson, you have the quarterback to do it. So why not just take risk and take chances? You know, I, I you know to evaluate these players as well. I, I don't see you, you have to evaluate them at some point, Thomas. And, you know, some of the decisions of, you know, like you mentioned, JL Skinner, being an active, you know, let, let's see what he has to offer. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just mind boggling how, how they're not um, playing a lot of these new players. And, and they, they have nothing from their tight ends. Let's oh, face yeah. it. Dulcich yeah. is Dulcich continually out. hurt Troutman. I actually thought Troutman was going to be a fairly solid player this year in this offense, but he's not there. I mean, what do you got a tight end? So you, you're kind of, that that really takes away an element of the offense when you you just have no tight end that can do really anything. So, I mean, it's there's definitely flaws in the offense for sure. There's a lack of talent in certain spots, but at least you know go out there and and let it rip, man. What do you got yeah. to lose? Two and five, let it rip. Go out there and do it. You know, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting, but. Uh, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of metrics to evaluate uh, what Russell Wilson's doing. Um, so, I mean, so, yeah, I see in the, they're talking about QBR in mm-hmm. the chat. I don't know who said it, but I, I'm going to tell you right now, Q, QBR is one of the most flawed metrics out there as an analyst looking at that. They've tried to tweak that thing several times. It's still not very, uh, very effective. I mean, if you go back and look when they started in 2000, uh, whatever they started 2008, when uh, the Detroit Lions went 0-16 and, and the uh, Steelers won the Super Bowl. Uh, the quarterback for the Lions had a better QBR than uh, Roethlisberger, and they didn't win a damn game. So it's a flawed metric to me. But, you know, I'm not trying to defend Russell Wilson by any means. I, I think he's statistically better. He's not a great quarterback. And he can be a good quarterback if, you know, everything's going right. They got some good weapons around him. But right now he's, you know, he's struggled at times. So, uh, I don't know how to evaluate him fully. Uh, I don't know. I, I was hoping that he would uh, be what they we all you know were hoping for when they traded for him, but he hasn't been, and that that's just a fact. He just hasn't been. Yeah. All right. Well, we are getting to the top of the hour. I don't see a whole lot of other comments coming in. Um, I'm just gonna just kind of wrap this up with with one with one thing here for uh, some comments that come in, and and that is I don't. I'm just going to say, I don't think they're going to trade Pat Sertan. I, I don't think you can offer enough to, no one's going to offer enough to, to make someone move on from him. But I think if you think about Sutton, you think about Judy, you think about Josie Jewell, I don't, to me, that's one that you, why would you trade for him? He's going to be an unrestricted free agent, but he's probably there. I think Justin Simmons and I think Garrett Bowles, those are your five guys that you really can trade yeah. if someone wants to offer you something for them whether they offer enough to make that worth your while, I don't know. Um, but those are really, in my mind, the only five that are really tradable, so to speak, that have the opportunity to be traded for. 
Uh, and like, like uh, I don't remember who said it. There's probably not going to be much action. There really isn't a lot of action. I know people are, oh, you're going to sell the sell everything and, and move on. That usually doesn't happen at the trade de trade deadline. So you might see one player move. You really might. That might be all you see moved uh, yeah. in you know at the trade deadline. Two, if they're lucky, I don't know. But I, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Ron? I mean, is there somebody else you think that is tradable with the contracts that they have and and worth something to somebody else at this point? No, those five players are the ones on my list as well. Um, and I think the more realistic players out of those five um, would be a Justin Simmons and a Jerry and a Jerry Judy. Um, those are probably like the two most realistic um, to, to trade off. But yeah, I don't see anybody else uh, out, of, out of those five players, as you mentioned, that that would be moved. Yeah. Well, Michael Ronquillo is going to uh, send us off with a nice, uh, nice comment here saying great show tonight, Thomas and Ron on mile high insiders go Broncos. Thank you for that, Michael. And don't forget Ron and I will be back on Saturday for the orange and blue view our show there's plenty of other shows on here that uh one every night so you take pick what you want to see one every morning scott's got uh broncos for breakfast legends a mile high on friday morning so you know pick whatever one you uh you're really interested in seeing and uh you know you're not you can't go wrong a lot of different perspectives for sure phil mclaughlin coming with a comment here so based on what we've seen what do you guys feel is the most important position we need to fix excluding russ well, coming in with a good comment here at the end uh, in the show, going to keep us around gonna, for a little bit longer. Go ahead. I'm going to take this one. This is a great question, Phil. Thank you for coming in. Right tackle. Right tackle <laughs> <laughs> is the most important position we need to fix. Um, we thought that we had an upgrade with Mike McGlinchey, but he's just been a big disappointment. Again, you mentioned, Thomas, the, the penalties, the false starts we've seen. You know, just just looking lost out there, um, and some of the protections. So I, I would say right tackle we definitely need to get fixed. Now, not to say that McGlinchey, I mean, he has been playing replacement level, and hopefully he can, you know, somewhat smooth it out and get it together at some point. But you know, we we definitely need to get that fixed um, for sure. Yeah, I was going to I would have said earlier in the season that you needed a better interior pass rush presence. Uh I didn't think Zach Allen was was that, but he's coming on. He's actually getting yeah. he's improved, so I'm I'm willing to give him some more opportunity. Uh so I do think they need to fix the defensive line a little bit more, but I I I'm going to I'm willing to say that Zach Allen might turn into what we were hoping for. Uh, for me, you need and maybe Baron Browning is is that guy, but you need a more dynamic edge rusher. Uh, I like Benito. I like Cooper, but they're not elite. Uh, Baron Browning can be, they can stay healthy, hopefully, but I think you need to really, uh, you you're going to need to address edge rusher at some point, yeah. get somebody in there. Who's a, you know, a very, very dynamic edge rusher that can, that can change games. And so far, you know, I haven't seen that. Mm -hmm. And then as a secondary, I mean, I know interior linebacker isn't, uh, isn't what it used to be. But and I I have nothing against Singleton and nothing against Jewel. I think they're kind of those throwback thumpers that uh, can go out there and make tackles. But neither one of them, and I've said this plenty of times, they don't make impact. And I'm not talking about like hitting hard. I'm talking about you've got Alex Singleton who's ranking very high in tackles, 
But if you look at the impact plays, tackles for loss, I think he's got one tackle for a loss, no interceptions, no forced fumbles, no sacks. If you got you go and look at somebody with 20 or even 25 less tackles on that list of, uh, you know, statistically, and you, you can pick out other players who have way more impact. I mean, obviously there's there, you know, like Fred Warner is, is one of the best interior linebackers. He's got, I think he's got 20 less tackles, but he has far more impactful plays than, than Alex Singleton. So, I mean, if I was going to say a secondary one, I, I would want somebody not necessarily like go out and, and draft a number one draft choice, but get an interior linebacker that can make an impact play. You got to have somebody in that between Sertan and the defensive line, you know, that from uh, those rushers. Have somebody in the middle who can who can actually make an impact would be good. I, th- that's where I'm at. Yep, agreed. Yeah, on the defensive line, th- those are my my secondary ones for sure. So the defensive line is is definitely something that you need to yep. look at. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for in the chat. And thank you, Ron, for jumping in for Luke. Really appreciate it. No uh, it's always great to to chat with you. So uh, I think we'll just wrap it up and say thank you so much for being here in the chat. And thank you for those that came out to the meet and greet. We really, really appreciate meeting you. It was fun. Great time. So hopefully next year it'll be even a bigger turnout. But thanks so much. And uh, again, have a great Wednesday evening and hopefully the uh, Broncos can find a way to stop the streak and beat the Chiefs coming up on Sunday. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.